damn it, how long have we been doing this show? You're listening to The Wrestling Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, and at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. It's episode 192. We're recording this on Wednesday, March 20th, 2019. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, we have so much to talk about this week. <laughs> and so many things we can't talk about. <sighs> I'm uh, recording this after 30 hours of being awake, after a long day at dog daycare yesterday, and then long night in new japan cup i did get to see will osprey and kazuchiko kata wrestle this morning uh so i guess that made it worth it and uh, tomohiro ishii and yoshihashi uh tore it up too so good you don't you don't generally hear about yoshihashi tearing it up so yeah i mean i mean he was because he was in there with one of the you know five best wrestlers in the world but sure sure all right. Uh, SmackDown is fresh on our minds. Uh, that show is on Tuesday night this week. And uh, saw this coming a mile away. Kofi Hingston ran the gauntlet, and then Vince McMahon sent out Daniel Bryan, and Daniel Bryan pinned him. Mm-hmm. So when Kofi Kingston eventually does challenge for the WWE title at WrestleMania, Daniel, uh-huh. Bryan, Daniel Bryan will have pinned him three times. Uh, on television or pay-per-view in the last two months. And Daniel Bryan even referenced in his promo on SmackDown this week that he's already beaten Kofi. Kofi doesn't deserve to be in the match. And he has a point. What is going on with this Kofi Kingston thing? Why doesn't it make any sense? (laughs) Well, I think... So their, their external logic and internal logic, I guess... Uh, was that the Vince promo last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was, where he talks about how Kofi, he sees Kofi as a tag team guy, and he doesn't see Kofi on that level. Um, which, okay, he's he's a heel. He's allowed to like have flawed logic. But Kofi's pinned the world champion multiple times. He's also pinned the United States champion, Joe. He's pinned Randy Orton. He's pinned... Whoever else he pinned in that gauntlet match, um, the first gauntlet match, and then now, now the second one. So, so if you're going to have the the heels lie and say, "Well, Kofi's just a tag team guy, a B plus player, uh, if you will," which I actually think is great when they have Brian drop that line, but um, you need to have like every Kofi himself, but also like every other babyface and the announcers bring up how ridiculous that is because he's pinned the world champion several times. He's pinned every, almost every top guy on the show in the last month. So if you have the bad guy authority figure saying, well, he's, he's not on that level. We can't put him in that world title match. Kofi 
and the announcers and every other baby face involved in the storyline needs to be telling, needs to be coming back at him with, but what about this? What about the time he pinned this guy? What about the time he did this? What about the time he did this? Uh, what about all these times he's earned his way above that tag team level or that mid card level? But they aren't really doing that. They just keep talking about how Kofi's like a loyal soldier and deserves it because he's been there for 10 years. So that seems a little uh, flawed as far as the storytelling goes. I think that's more than fair. And I think there's a larger point that maybe is relevant, maybe is not. We've talked about it at some point uh, in the history of this program, but the concept of the heel authority figure, it worked one time with Steve Austin and Vince McMahon, and they've spent the last 20 years now trying to repeat that formula. And it really doesn't make any sense because shouldn't the promoter, Vince, want uh, people that the fans are basically throwing their wallets at the screen anytime, you know, Becky Lynch, Kofi Kingston, whoever um, appears, the fans go crazy. And that would make the company more money, which would then make Vince more money. But... Instead, they're just dead set against whoever the fans are for. And, okay, if you want to say, well, it worked with Steve Austin because Vince just had this personal grudge against Austin. Okay, that's why that worked. But he hates every top babyface for the last 20 years. It's such a disconnect for me. And... All I could think about was that crowd sitting there in in Indianapolis on Tuesday (laughs) night. That then at the end of SmackDown, they had Kofi pinned. Then they had to sit there for 205 Live. You had to watch Mike Bennett wrestle. Mike Kanellis. As if if they had not suffered enough. They had to watch Mike Kanellis come out and have a wrestling match after that. But yes, there's definitely a disconnect. It's like, okay, you can say somebody like Austin, he was loud and crass and threw up his middle fingers, and so Vince just hated him, like you said. Or Daniel Bryan, who's the short, hairy indie guy who uh, you know, was wrestling the, the six-foot-three, uh, good-looking uh, you know, Randy Orton's John Cena's of the world. Okay, that can kind of make sense. Um, but yes, for Kofi or Becky, who are very popular and very talented and, you know, handsome people. Um, (laughs) Like why, why does he hate them? And again, the reasons they've given on TV with Kofi, at least are, is that Vince sees him as a mid card tag team guy. And that would maybe be okay again, but I just keep coming back to it. But like, you need all of the announcers and then Kofi himself to be going, that doesn't make any sense because look at all of the top guys I've pinned that, to earn this title shot. But they're not really doing that. No, they're not doing that. Um, also, they had the women's tag champs wrestle on SmackDown Live this week. Uh, Bailey and Sasha wrestled the I- Iconics and lost. <laughs> yeah, they sure did. As far as we know, 
the WrestleMania match at this point, I don't think it's going to be just this, but is uh, Beth Phoenix and Natalia against Bailey and Sasha. And I just don't see any way that that's not a multi-person, multi-team uh, extravaganza with the I Iconics and Nia and Tamina and... You know, I don't know if you could throw Trish and Lita in there or whatever, but there's going to be a ton of teams in that match. I don't think it's just going to be uh, Natty and Beth going for the titles. But, and so you could say, well, you got to you got to establish opponents uh, for the champs, and you sure. do that. You do that by having them lose matches. I guess. <laughs> uh, I they just they just won the titles, and they they're just. They're geeks already. Yeah. It, well, it's funny. As you mentioned, yeah, they could just beat people for a, a few months to mean, make the belts mean a little bit more. But, you know, it's it's WrestleMania season. And so Sasha's got to do the job skis for Tamina and Billy Kay. So depressing. Uh, I, I, my feeling on the Trish and Lita thing is I would hold off until assuming they do another all-women show this year, that to me should be the tag title match on that show. Because that if, it, if they're one of like seven teams in uh, you know, a gauntlet match or something at this show, I think that would be not not worth it. Plus, my, my only thought about having all these women in the tag matches, I think they're still doing a battle royal for the women this year. So it's like if like eight, like ten of the women are otherwise occupied, that's like you gotta get a lot of NXT women in that battle royal, I guess. That's true. They don't have a, a shortage of women under contract, um, but they also, you know, they haven't really mentioned that battle royal. The uh, May Young battle royal or whatever it is, the Snickers battle royal. The <laughs> no, haven't... the no, there is no name. <laughs> There never was a name. Right. Uh, they haven't really brought that up on TV, and they really hadn't even brought up the Andre Battle Royal until Raw when Braun Strowman just announced that he's in it, and he's and he's he's going to win it and smash a car and the dudes from Weekend Update. What a nerd. <laughs> what a loser. Really down on everything this week. Uh, hey, they pinned the guy who's going for the title. Uh, <laughs> they pinned the other guy who's going for the title this week, too. So, uh, Drew pinned Seth in the main event of Raw this week, which just tries home the point that uh, Drew's wrestling Roman at WrestleMania. Uh-huh. So Seth might go for the title at Mania against Brock. Hell, he might even win the title. But Roman is still the guy. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah, that's what it is. Drew's wrestling, uh, big dog. And so he can't lose. And of course, you might be asking yourself, well, why don't you just not book the match then? You didn't have to book Drew versus Seth on TV, but, uh, they did. And I guess they felt Seth could better afford a loss than, than Drew could. Um, Maybe because Drew, they're trying to re, they're desperately trying to rebuild Drew McIntyre after they let like Dolph pin him for like three months straight. But uh, yeah, it's I it, call me old fashioned, but I I wouldn't be pinning 
the guy going for the world title, either world title, um, any time in like the month leading up to WrestleMania for his title match. Just call, I guess that's, I guess I'm a, I'm a fossil for thinking that way, but you know, whatever. I, I guess Jeff Jarrett and Brother Love know best. Really. Yes, clearly. Dana Warrior, permanent member of WWE Creative now. Yeah. Just, you know, she's, she's got the ideas. Well, one uh, one creative idea that they're doing right now all over Monday Night Raw is they're dropping a lot of shoot names mm. and they're doing a lot of Drew McIntyre is calling Roman Reigns Joe and Batista is calling Triple H Paul and Triple H is calling Batista Dave, although they've always called him Dave. <laughs> it's the animal Dave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And Ronda. How you doing, Dave? <laughs> That's how they very casually introduced him. For his... I was just thinking about when they introduced Mike Adamley as the GM, and he was in the ring with <laughs> Cena and Batista. And Shane goes, The new GM is Mike Adamley. And Mike Adamley, being Mike Adamley, doesn't know what to say. So he just looks over at Batista and goes, How you doing, Dave? <laughs> Poor Mike Adamley. Yeah, he had a tragic uh, end. But sorry, we're getting off topic here. Yeah, so they're doing a lot of this shoot stuff. Uh, they don't really seem to know what to do with Becky right now. They just had her and Charlotte kind of have a cat fight on SmackDown. And Ronda destroyed Dana Brooke, and now Travis Brown's getting involved. <laughs> um, there's a larger point to be made about, you know, Becky and Rhonda going back and forth on social media and Rhonda saying on her social media that, this, that wrestling is fake and all this stuff. And I know that's a hot button for you right now. And I, I think that sucks, but you're sure that it sucks. Well, it's like there's, it also feels like there's a disconnect with certain people that think, oh, people are upset because, oh, they think Rhonda's shooting, and that's, like, not fair because they're, she's disrespecting the wrestling business. It's like, no, it's dumb because we know it's not actually a shoot. And it's like, it frustrates <laughs> me when, like, two weeks ago she beats up Becky and she puts her in the real arm bar because, you know, it's a shoot, brother. Right. But then when she wrestles Dana this week, she did her fake pro wrestling arm bar. And it's like, okay, so this particular match was a fake match but what she did to becky and charlotte on that one show that was real and her promos are real but then she stopped to have a fake wrestling match with dana and then she goes to the house shows on weekends has fake wrestling matches there and then i guess but then when she comes to tv she's shooting again and then of course twitter is all shoot so it's just like it's just dumb like it's it's russo stuff and i feel like if it were not uh, if it were not known that Paul Heyman was apparently involved in the creative of this feud, people would be a little more critical of this than they are currently. And you can uh, infer what I mean from people, <laughs> maybe. But I think there are people who really like Ronda Rousey or really like Paul Heyman, or maybe they just don't want to admit it because they want this Becky, Charlotte, Ronda feud to be great. And again, everybody's allowed to enjoy whatever they want. If you enjoy it, God bless you. 
I just, to me, when you start doing the, this part of the angle is a shoot, but this is a work and you're trying to flip back and forth and you're using real names and you're doing this and that, it just gets, it just gets tedious. And it's just, it's a weird thing to do to just like shout from the mountaintops. Everything else on the show is fake except for this line right here. Especially when you have like three or four different feuds doing it at once. <laughs> so you have like four shoot promos where they're implying everyone else's shoot promos, I guess, are fake, but their shoot promo is real. It's like that's that's Russo stuff. Like that's nineteen ninety nine, right? Ninety nine or, or two thousand yeah, end of ninety nine, two thousand, I get maybe. Where they went into the, you know, Scott Steiner <laughs> going into business for himself or Goldberg refusing to go up for a power bomb. Yes, 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 that stuff. Um, yeah, I, I think it I think it sucks. I think it sucks when you have it definitely sucks when you have three or four different feuds doing the same thing. It would probably still suck with just one feud doing the same thing because as you said, no one's actually mad at Rhonda. <laughs> because right. they think she's shooting you know what i mean yes <laughs> like, they know she's she's not sh- shooting <laughs> and is it just gonna make her look bad when she loses like right <laughs> there's one finish at wrestlemania <laughs> and, oh well they could still have becky beat charlotte i guess they could they could and they could do the becky ronda singles match at some point uh so uh seth got pinned on raw do you think brock's keeping the title yeah i do <laughs> i think i think they're gonna do him and big dog again at SummerSlam. oh my gosh how many times yeah but they like the big dog now so it's time to do it i really wanted to see that match after seeing the wrestlemania 31 match mm-hmm. i really wanted to see it again and now I never want to see it again. Yeah, it hasn't been hasn't been very good the last last couple of times they ran it back. But hey, that's I I just get that feeling. They've also I mean they did do sort of a confrontation between Drew and Brock a little bit. So I don't know maybe they're maybe they are maybe they're gonna do like a you know a three way or a four way down the line with those guys and maybe Drew will win the title and and that'll solidify him as new top heel i don't know it's possible it's possible um i mean get all the debbie downer stuff out of the way and talk about jay lethal and matt taven wrestling for an hour on a ring of honor show <laughs> in a direct middle finger to me personally <laughs> they didn't they even let do Matt a... taven wrestle for an hour they didn't even do a finish they went to a draw mm-hmm I've watched, or I saw Matt Taven, I don't know, a month ago, six weeks ago, in a New Japan ring, and I came to the conclusion that he's better than Baron Corbin, mm. but just barely. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I think it's close. Like, you give Corbin another year or two. I mean, Taven's like a 10-year pro, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Give Corbin another couple of years, I think Corbin might eclipse him. Wow. That's that's a powerful statement right there. But, uh, yeah, he's hey. tremendously unremarkable, especially, like, Lethal is, like, just a, you know, a pro's pro and can have a good match with anybody. 
And it's just... Well, now they're doing a three-way ladder match with them and Skrull at the uh, MSG show you're going to. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I mean... It's, uh, it's I don't probably know. preferable to a wrestling match, right? Yeah, I don't want to see uh, another 60-minute draw with Jay Lethal and anybody. I saw Jay Lethal... I talk about this every third show, but uh-huh. I, saw, I saw Jay Lethal and Roderick Strong wrestle for an hour. Those guys are great. I never want to see them wrestle again after that hour. <laughs> like, yeah. That was... Nothing... Sh- no match should be an hour. I don't know. I, I always think about that. Like The Brett and Sean match is like... It's not good. It's not very good, which is remarkable considering who was in it. Like, there's very few matches with each, and if you're not Kazushika Okada and Kenny Omega, you shouldn't try to go an hour. Just my opinion. Yeah. So uh, Matt Taven, uh, Ring of Honor hates you, and uh, Matt Taven is maybe a little bit better than Baron Corbin. Speaking uh, of Baron Corbin, so yeah. Some news on Raw this week, now that we think about it. Yeah, he's uh, wrestling in Kurt Angle's farewell match. Not his retirement match. It's his farewell match. Do you think Vince has a hang-up about the word retirement? Absolutely. Uh, I had not thought of that until you brought it up to me um, off the air. But yes, 100%. That is why this is being billed as a farewell (laughs) match. Um, I can kind of almost make sense of it given that nobody in wrestling stays retired and, you know, maybe they're a little gun shy about advertising a retirement match. Um, but it's wrestling and who cares? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, in a couple months, the Saudi Prince will probably ask for Kurt Angle to be on the show and he'll wrestle there again. So, you know, who, who knows if anyone even stays retired in WWE anymore? That's true. Uh, Dave and Triple H, I think, are putting their uh, careers up. Yes. <laughs> that would seem to be the idea. Well, I don't think they've officially billed it as a... Well, they haven't billed it as a loser says farewell match or anything. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, they have both claimed that they're going to end the other's career in this, uh, this match that they're having. So I will make you say farewell. <laughs> it's like I... Ever- the first ever safe farewell match, not an I quit match. Right. You get, you know, Mike Kyoto is going to be carrying a microphone around in his pocket. <laughs> Dave, what do you say? You say you farewell, say Dave. Farewell? <laughs> <laughs> All right. This show was worth it falling for that. <laughs> Dave, Dave, you want to say farewell? <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano for the NXT Championship at TakeOver, which I am not going to. <laughs> um, I don't know. What do you think? Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano. Gargano's kind of a man without a country right now, given that his on-again, off-again tag team partner has a herniated disc in his neck. Yeah. I mean, and, and th- I guess thankfully for them, they had already filmed the blow-off or the breakup, I should say, of the newly reformed DIY where after they lost in the Dusty Classic, Ciampa tried to turn on Gargano, and but Gargano was ready for it and beat him up instead. So at least you kind of had a little bit of a, you know, 
a write-off, but obviously that was supposed to lead to Gargano versus Ciampa for the title one last time. And now, obviously because Ciampa got hurt, they, they put Adam Cole in that spot. They're still keeping Gargano in it. Um, I mean, I think those guys have a really great match. Like, I know Adam Cole sort of has a rep among wrestling Twitter for being, like, the, you know, unremarkable indie guy. I've seen that guy have a lot of great matches since he's come to WWE. Like, yeah. so he may not be as flashy, but I think kind of like what we've talked about with Marty Skrull before, he's maybe not the flashiest guy, but he knows how to work, like, anybody's match. He can work with Ricochet, he can work with bigger guys he can like he's he's real good at like working to the level of his opponent i think yeah i buy that that makes sense um so multi-woman match for the women's title on that show hey oscar's opponent's getting decided on smackdown next week in a four-way between so here are our four options naomi (laughs) the perennial loser and uh Mandy Rose, the one who keeps beating Naomi. Yes. Um, Carmella, who hasn't really been in the news in a while. <laughs> and uh, Sonya Deville, who uh, is, is Mandy's sidekick, but now they're sort of breaking up, it appears. So <laughs> one of those four women is allegedly going to challenge Asuka at WrestleMania. Cool. Cool. I, mean, I saw someone throw out the idea that, like, She's going to beat everybody up and then she's going to like demand they make the women's battle royal for her title. And I was like, that's, I wouldn't do that, but I can see them doing that. Yeah, that sounds like something they would do. Rey Mysterio is wrestling Joe at WrestleMania, not Andrade. Yep, sorry to everyone that tried to. We tried real hard to book that uh, hair versus mask match, but, uh, you know, our psychic powers didn't work, and instead it's going to be Joe and Ray. And uh, Ray's son Dominic showed up on TV this week, who I believe has been training with Lance Storm. Yeah, and Ray's filed for a bunch of trademarks for Dominic, too. Is this going to be a Dusty and Dustin Rhodes 1991 WWF scenario? Very well could be. Joe's going to choke Dominic out on TV in the next two weeks. It's going to be great. (laughs) Well, and then Ray's going to leave the territory and take Dominic with him. Yep. (laughs) They're going to be tag team in uh, AEW. It it could happen. It could happen. Uh, Let's see. AEW is five for, for a bunch of new trademarks that are just a bunch of old WCW trademarks. Hmm. Bash at the Beach, Bunkhouse Stampede. I don't get it. But okay. I and... mean, people are instantly nostalgic for anything. So if you, you can name your stuff after things that already existed. I guess that kind of makes sense. It's it's not the worst thing they could do. I, I don't know. We were talking again off air. Maybe we should just do the show off air. I think it might be better. <laughs> just read back our, our tweets to each other. Yeah. But we're talking this week. I think Tony Schiavone did some voiceover work for them this week for AEW. Maybe it was just for their YouTube series or whatever. But I am much more enthused about the prospects of Tony Schiavone calling 
wrestling in 2019 than I am uh, James Ross calling wrestling in 2019. Definitely. Um, like I, I haven't listened to very much of Tony Schiavone. I know he's been doing the M- MLW shows and a few other uh, indie shows here and there, but like he seems to still has the enthusiasm for it. And he strikes me as a guy that would um, still prepare mm. for for his job. And it's like if you've listened to Jim Ross, not I mean, even if you don't want to talk about those live shows where he doesn't know anybody's names and he sounds, you know, a little inebriated. Um, and he and Barnett spend half the time just burying guys. Um, <laughs> on the taped Axis shows, he just sounds like he's reading off a paper and he's bored out of his mind. So, yeah, either way, either taped Jim Ross or live Jim Ross, neither is uh, particularly lighting my world on fire as a commentator anymore. Uh, That's not to say he doesn't have any sort of role he could play in a wrestling company. Obviously, he has a lot of experience, and obviously he was involved in talent relations and stuff like that. So I don't think it's the worst idea in the world to bring him on as a, you know, one of many voices in uh, in that crew. But I don't need to hear that one voice uh, live on on a wrestling show either. That's fair. Um, maybe unpopular. Maybe maybe wrestling Twitter is okay with that. I don't know. Kind of the wrestling Twitter stance on Jim Ross these days. But I think that around the time he uh, couldn't tell the difference between evil and bushy, that was like. <laughs> Okay. When everyone started to realize he was kind of uh, out to lunch. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, speaking of evil and bushy, I'm watching a lot of New Japan Cup. Seems good wrestling, or is it all just kind of blend together once you've been awake for uh, 36 hours? 30, your boy is tired after 30 nights. Um, <laughs> it's mostly it's mostly good. the The tournament matches are are all real good. Um, I saw Okada and Osprey this morning, and that was probably the first instance, you know, of this week. Uh, this is the ninth show of the tournament, I, th- of the, I think. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It's kind of the first instance where, yeah, it, everything kind of ran together a little bit. <laughs> like, Okada and Osprey should have, like, burned the building down. And they had a really good match, but. I don't know. I couldn't, if you, you know, I don't think I could rate it. (laughs) You know, it was real good. Um, But yeah, Okada and Ishii is, is next. Uh, That's, that should be incredible. Um, Did you, did you enjoy uh, Colt and uh, Yano the other night? I really did. I could have, I could have done with, I think they went like seven minutes. They, I could have done, with three times that much comedy. <laughs> well, again, when you don't do a ton of it, it really stands out and it can be really fun. And, and Colt has the thing too, where he can, he can work too, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he can, he can flip the switch. So that's good. And Tanahashi and Saber coming up uh, tomorrow. Today. Yeah, that might be all right. Yeah, that should be good. And I uh, can't for the life of me think of what the other, uh, with the other matches, uh, Sonata and uh, Cabana. Which... Okay, that sounds insanely weird. So, 
Yeah, they had a tag team preview on the show this morning, and it was uh, insanely weird. Uh, they, did, <laughs> they did a mix of comedy. Sonata doing comedy, man. <laughs> That's something else. But it worked. Sonata got to trim that beard, by the way. I know we're getting real off topic now, but nah. like he's either got to trim the hair or trim the beard, but I don't feel like he can have both. Well, I'm going to give Sonata some advice that my Uncle Bill once gave me. He <laughs> said, don't let anyone tell you you can't grow a beard. So mm. I'm not going to tell Sonata he can't grow a beard. All right. Well, who, who am I to argue with uh, Uncle Bill after all? <laughs> who am I to doubt El Dandy? <laughs> all right. Um, I don't think I've been very coherent in this episode, but uh, <laughs> I... I don't think I have anything else to say. Do you have anything else you'd like to talk about? No, I think we've uh, we've covered all the major notes, and and uh, obviously we're not we're not ready to do our official big WrestleMania and Takeover and all the other stuff on that weekend preview show yet. So that'll be our our uh, more prepared show down the line. But yeah, a lot, lot of uh, varying topics, and uh, I think we we covered them as well as could be expected given the circumstances. It's a free flowing discussion. Yes, occasionally uh, touches on mature topics. That's right. All right. Thanks, everybody. Till next time, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. And we'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Farewell. My pal, Duke Siebert. <laughs> Taking a, his favorite town. One of mine, too. The town of Cooperstown, New York. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. I'll send this to you. All right. Thanks, dude. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. Sure. Well, it's way up there. Pressure under fire. Done this before. I don't want this to be his first surgery.
applied himself well. These are the things that I have confidence in a young MD. I am exhausted from 30 nights. No person, even those of us who are superhuman, those of us with Herculean appetites for the diverse and the bizarre, even those of us who have shown an aptitude to fight the good fight, stay the good long battle, even those of us can get tired. And your boy is tired after 30 consecutive nights. I have a half hour to go, and I'm going to do that half hour because I'm a pro. That's what pros do. I'm a professional. Look it up in the book. That's what we do. We're pros. We're never rude, and we don't cop out. We don't tell you that we're ill, that we're looking for the farmhouse in the middle of a desert, or that we're parched. We don't tell you that maybe the check didn't come through this month, and where the hell does it go anyway if you're a guy who left 16 forwarding addresses? So what do you do? What's the answer? Yeah, you're a little perturbed now. Kind of worried about the club. Don't worry about the club. Worry about maybe Jackie might... <laughs> nah, don't worry. Okay, just cool it. Life is a breeze. Of course, some breezes, as you know, come at 110 miles per hour and get promoted up to hurricanes. Thought I'd just pass that along. Speaking of pass along, we're going to pass along now to the newsroom. The mutual, the mutual newsroom. High atop the overlooking downtown, beautiful downtown studios of Roswell, Virginia, Washington, D.C. The mutual newsroom will get us up to date on the news headlines. And we'll come back with more Open Phone America. And we'll have a salute to my man, Duke Zebert by taking him to one of his favorite places. And one of mine, too. The town of Cooperstown, New York. This is the Larry King Show in Washington, and we'll be right back. Bravo. <laughs> Your boy is tired after 30 nights. <laughs> oh, I came in halfway through that, but I hope that was all recorded. Yeah, yeah, it was. Okay, good. All right. Well, there's our bonus feature. <laughs> <laughs> it's not 30 nights, but I've been up for 30 hours. So mm -hmm. there's that. Mm, all right. Uh, one of the many great things that Don and Mike gave us was the Larry King uh, drunk on the air tape. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Don and Mike? Did they, did they hate each other now? Uh, I think so. It's a bummer. It's, it's kind of hard to say. Like, I don't think Don is capable of having like real human relationships. I think everything was just kind of for his show, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a, a student of print journalism, and I just wanted to know uh, what advice do you have for uh, uh, young people coming up into the field? Like, I a lot of uh, for prof professors are telling us how hard it is to get into the field at first. I'd just like to know, since you're in the field, do you have any advice on that? For instance, experience, is that important? Uh-huh, sure. That, is, that, is that probably the most important uh, element? Well, it's way up there. It's way up there? Anything Anything else? Anything you need to Pressure do? under fire. Mm-hmm. Done this before. I don't want it to be his first uh, surgery. Okay. Applied himself well. Mm -hmm. These are things I'd have confidence in a young MD. Okay. I'm talking about journalism field. 
I'm lost. What do you mean? The journalism. Like, I'm a student of journalism at a college, and I was just wondering the most important aspect of getting into journalism, not the medical field. I think you're exhausted from 30 nights. I am exhausted from 30 nights. No, no person, even those of us who are superhuman, those of us with uh, Herculean appetites for the diverse and the bizarre, even those of us who uh, have shown an aptitude to uh, to uh, uh, fight the good fight and stay the good long battle, even those of us can get tired. And your boy is tired after 30 consecutive nights. I have a half hour to go, and I'm going to do that half hour because I'm a pro. That's what pros do. I'm a professional. Look it up in the book. Okay. That's what we do. We're pros. We're never rude. We don't camp out. We don't tell you that we're ill or that we're looking for the farmhouse in the middle of the desert or that we're parched. We don't tell you that maybe the check didn't come through this month and where the hell does it go anyway if you're a guy who's left 16 forwarding addresses. Okay. So what do you do? What is the answer? Yeah, you're a little perturbed now. Kind of worried about the club. The club? Uh, don't worry about the club. Worry about maybe Jackie might worry. <laughs> nah, don't worry. Okay, just cool it. Life is a breeze. Of course, some breezes, as you know, are 110 miles an hour and get promoted up the hurricanes. I just thought I'd pass that along. We're, speaking of pass it along, we're going to pass along now to the newsroom, the mutual newsroom, high atop the overlooking downtown, beautiful downtown studios of Washington, Virginia, Washington, D.C. The mutual newsroom will get us up to date on the news headlines, and we'll come back with a little more open phone. America will have our salute to my man, Duke Zebert by taking him to uh, one of his favorite places, one of mine, too, the town of Cooperstown, New York. This is the Larry King Show in Washington. I try to keep on keeping on.